Hey, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> oh, he's all over the place. We're back again. <laughs> Judd's Buds, episode 75. As always, your host, Bozy. As always, joined by my good buddy, Mr. At State of Hoppy, who appears to be all over the place. Welcome to my life. This is the most relatable we've ever been. Uh, Hoppy, how we doing? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It really wouldn't make any sense after missing a couple weeks now recording if we weren't all over the place. And I remembered, like, right as I clicked the video for the intro that I had beers sitting in the freezer. So I'm like, I better Uh go get those, because if I leave those for the whole episode, bad things could occur. But yeah, we'll see. I was wondering what... I. That was very funny because I looked away as you disappeared and I looked back. The video, the dude, the feed or the stream started and you are nowhere to be found. And then your forehead just came out of nowhere. You were diving back on the seat. That's effort right there. We love that. Um, but yeah, we're back after once again, shocking. We did call this last time we did this, that last week was probably not going to happen. Uh, or there's a good chance that somehow it would get messed up and um i didn't tell you what happened but shocking i lost internet again and it went out for about nine hours that was that was nice um so nice. we uh didn't didn't do it uh which was brutal <laughs> but i think we are back we did not do the thing that we said we were gonna do and then eventually towards the end of the last episode we're like yeah probably not gonna happen but we're back this week um what's going on with you where you've been how was your last couple weeks what do you got going on I mean, as we were pre-planning, uh, I haven't had shit going on lately because I'm basically using every ounce of freedom I have left through the middle of November at work to do a big swing out east that starts in Boston. And I, oh. you know, if, if we end up dying, like, it's probably a fitting way to go out, so. That's right. That's right. We're going to hang out. For four whole days in Boston, and then well, the cave. Two in Boston. Yes, that's true. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We'll see if we make it out. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I guess we can just go right into hockey stuff. Uh, lots of lot. <clears throat> there's been a lot going on since we uh, last jumped on here. Um, I'll let you pick. Where should we start? I mean, might as well uh, for the first listener question, because this will just really irk Isha. I wasn't even going to put it on the outline, but now that it's here, we got to. The Q, new fight rule, fucking sucks. Thoughts? Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that we had known this was coming for a while. I didn't know. I don't know if it was a thing that like was dead set on happening this season. Um, but yeah, the queue, they're banning fighting. You'll get ejected and then there's going to be a suspension and whatever. Um, so again, something that we've seen coming, I, I mean, whatever, I guess, you know, I, people have their strong opinions on both sides, I guess. I don't really know why it's as big of a deal as it is, but, um, I don't think this is something that's going to like take hold in other, in other leagues. Like there are people that think like, They'll say the NHL is going towards the no fighting thing. It's like it's already like pretty close. Um, but I don't ever see 
like a situation because i mean anytime that the nhl wants to implement a rule they start with like the junior leagues of the ahl and like trial trial runs and everything i don't I see this, this possibly this is so different like there's no chance like that this ever makes it to the nhl like if well, it does i think it's going to be well beyond the time that we're watching hockey anymore um true. because like first of all i i think 99 percent of the players don't want it to go away i think they're like they do a poll sometimes and it's like um, yeah, pretty much everybody in the NHL agrees that they want fighting in the league. So I'll never see it going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to throw a huge fit over the QMJHL banning fighting. It is what it is. They don't really fight that much in that league anyways. Um, well, and that's, now, I, that's I don't know. Did I talk to you about this or maybe it was Isha, but I'm most likely Isha. Sure, I'm pretty sure the like what happened here is the Q basically like saved a bunch of those teams. Like Quebec actually saved those teams when COVID happened and they had to do a full shutdown. Like they basically kept them all afloat financially. And this is one of those levers they're choosing to pull because of it. Like, yep, we saved your ass. So no more fucking fighting. And it is, that's a strange thing to cash in. I don't know. I would have, pushed my chips on something else but yeah isha like hates that any league gets rid of fighting but because he hates the queue and rips on them them getting rid of fighting should kind of make him happy because now he just has another reason to hate them yeah he doesn't have any yeah i mean i think everyone should continue to flood his uh live streams whenever he does them to talk about how amazing the queue is and how 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 a how progressive and amazing and forward thinking that league is, you know, and it's really, that's where the best hockey in the world is played is the QMJHL. Yep. I think everyone should uh, head on over to Isha's live streams and, and chime in, um, which apparently last time we said to do that about <laughs> there were a couple of people that actually did it. A couple <laughs> like, of you did and we love you. <laughs> yeah. We love you for that. Um, but yeah, I guess it's official. So, I mean, I don't watch a ton of the queue anyways. There's only a handful of players who I am interested in tracking over there. David Spotcheck is not going to be there next year. So I don't have really any other reasons to uh, track it anyway. So I'm not overly concerned. I, I, I don't agree with it, but I also don't really care that much. I don't know. Is the Mayu kid uh, still there? And I don't know how much it's really going to change the league. What? Is the Mayu kid still there? Who? Logan Mayu. He's in the O. Oh, he's in the O. That's a bummer. Yeah, he's on, on London. He just has such a French-Canadian name that I assume. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Q, they're not going to fight anymore. So, whatever. And, dude, Good I'm... Good for them, I guess. I've been responsible lately. I haven't been drinking much, so I'm kind of, like, priming the liver back. So I got a couple of things. My brother brought me from the small podunk town of decora iowa that just so happens to have the two best breweries in iowa first one here we've got is called pulpit rock the beer is saftig i don't know i don't know what it means but it's like okay looking can art but it is a delicious delicious ipa it's a that's a painting of a uh a can there yeah what do you got? That that does not look like your normal triple IPA Bud Light. No, well, it's a version. Um, I got oh, these the for Bud Light free. Seltzer. Sangria, dude. It is an interesting 
beverage. And I'll I tell haven't you had what. the sangria one, but there was one. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, my buddy's dad got inducted into like his university's Hall of Fame. Shout out Donnie. And uh, someone had a cooler full of the Bud Light seltzers. And like, dude, I'm pretty sure I got diabetes just on that day. But they go down. They, they go are down. delicious. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm not convinced it's actually a seltzer. Like, it's basically like just a sugar bomb that gets <laughs> you a little buzzed. <laughs> they tell you what, they go down quick and uh, they come out of nowhere, too. Um, I don't know if the sangria version makes makes it like the QMJHL of seltzers, but I, whatever. It's they're not they're not bad, and they go down terrifyingly fast. So that's what I figured. I just give it a go here. Um, <laughs> they're pretty good. Um, so yeah, that's I guess what we're drinking. Um, yeah, I'll have more to come, but yes, that's what we're drinking, and I guess we can get into the first wild topic. Philly G, Philip Gustafson, Gus Bus, three by three seven five. What do we think here, Z? Hey, we love it. I mean, that's you know, I was curious to see what. I feel like that was roughly where some of the estimates were coming in. Um, I thought that was more for a two year though, not a three. Right, but I feel like, so. That's what I feel like the in terms of term, I saw like two and three being bandied about like. And it's always weird too how like especially like the difference in what the price tag is is so crazy to me from like a two year or a three year. Um I'd have to look to see actually well, how old the, he is and everything it's and how for it, him it up. because of UFA. The third year right, is exactly. UFA year that you're buying, which is why I thought for three years it'd be higher. So I'm I'm right. thrilled. Yeah, exactly. So it's always crazy to me, like it does feel like it's always the two and three year. That's just like a, a, a big gap in what the sa- expected salary is going to be. So, I mean, if you walk in Gustafson at three for less than four million, I mean, after the season he just had, obviously he's going to have to continue. But, uh, like, especially you look at like the defense in front of him, shouldn't get any worse than it was before. Uh, pretty much the same or even better. Um, I, I mean, I don't really see like a world where like last season becomes some major outlier for him. So, you know, you buy three years at under four, the cap hit. Um, and you're, again, you're buying more time for Wallstead to eventually come in. Um, and that is appetizing, obviously. So I can't find anything to, to uh, complain about. Love that they got for the third year. Other they got know. him for under four. Yeah, I mean, every, there's always, yeah, well, fucking pres- so president of hockey ops. It, it works great to transition to because, like, you've got one year of him in flurry then you've got a guaranteed two years of a tandem of him and Wallstadt. And it's like worst case scenario. Well, no, I guess this is kind of best case scenario. Both of them pop and you have to trade one, which, oh no. Otherwise you've got a pretty solid tandem for a couple of years beyond that too. Whoever ends up being the one a, so be it. But on your comment there, the defense will be as good or better are we that confident with sheltered third pairing minutes that Faber's going to come in and be better than Dumba? I think defensively he will be. Um, and I, I, we can talk about Dumba too in a sec, but uh, I'm very con- like, I mean, you just look at Brock Faber. First of all, the track record like in terms of 
junior hockey, college hockey, world juniors, all that, like there's just not been any step back at all. Like every situation he stepped into, he's more than risen his level. Obviously he's doing only getting better, but like when he, again, like we talked about this last time we talked about Brock Maybird, like hit how well he stepped in to that playoff series against Dallas, obviously they lost six or whatever, but like at no point, throughout that series did, were, was anyone thinking like oh maybe he's not ready and that was a that was an incredibly difficult playoff series yeah. for your first like real games because i mean he had the couple games there in the regular season that were throwaway games anyways at that point um throwaway game down in rochester yeah exactly um but i mean like the physicality was there both buildings were nuts just as Everything that was going on in the series, like high pressure moments at all times when he's on the ice. And as the series went on, he took on more responsibility. They gave him more uh, meaningful minutes and he just continued to get better as it went on. So I don't really have any uh, trepidation about like, hey, what if he like, is it possible that he just like craters? Because he's also going to probably be on that second pair really with Brodeen. So the fact that now he's going to probably be playing with Brodeen, like I don't really see a world where, um, you know, it's it's some major step back from a guy like Matt Dumba, who people can shit on him all they want. Like, realistically, he, he wasn't as bad as everyone has tried to just make him out to be for years now. Um, and again, like, you're just getting this young kid. And it, the, I, I love that it's going to be probably with Brodeen, who is one of the elite defensemen in the NHL. Um and I think that's such a fun pair, not in terms of like huge offense creation, but like the skating ability, the defending ability. Um, it just like the transition game. Like, I think it's going to be, it, if they can just like click, which I, I think they will uh, pretty easily. Um, I think that's going to be a pair that's going to end up logging huge minutes. And I think, I think favor is going to be a big part of that defense pretty much from day one. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any, I'm not, I have no worries about how that's going to look for uh, for Faber in the, in the wild. So I agree with you long term. I still think that it's a totally different dynamic to come in and play a way different role. Like, he, yeah, he's playing with Brodeen, which helps, but he is getting the big boy minutes. He's going up against McKinnon's line, right? He's going to be taking Bedard. And do I think that he'll adapt into that? Sure. But the first, call it 10 games, that could certainly be a little bit of a wake-up call and people will probably overreact because he has a couple of bad games early on. And I think by the time playoffs roll around, should the Wild be a part of it, I think he's locked and ready. Yeah, so my internet went out up until the 10-game the thing. Uh, so I yeah, you can said. Yeah, just but... nod and smile and say, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it, dude. Um, <laughs> but I should, I, I should actually, and I don't. You may quite literally have just said this, so who knows? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I like you were saying at the end there. Like, I'm not expecting to come in and immediately, like, no mistakes. What? Like, I'm not at all uh, throwing that out there. Like, he's gonna have his ups and downs because it's gonna be his first full 82 game season. So obviously, there's gonna be high points, low points. But I think just the overall body of work. I think it's going to be a, a dynamic pair. 
And again, like I think it's a lot different too than him being on like a sheltered third pair, just because being on be like playing with Brodine is kind of just like a set sheltering as is, just because Brodine does so much for that pair already, where he's gonna be doing a whole lot of work too. But um they yeah. both it's they're both defensemen that make their partners' lives significantly easier and i'm curious to see what like it does for brody because obviously like there's yeah. been times where he's had to save save that fear like get him out of trouble and at times like when dumba has been in that like those like funks that we see him in uh that we had seen him in for the past couple of years uh there were times where brody's play took a hit too but i'm very curious to, like what it actually does for brody to have a young stud like uh favor whose game kind of mirrors a version of Brodeen's game too. So I'm very curious to see like what it does for him. Um, but yeah, I'm still very confident. Oh, boy. like, again, Internet's I think it's very different than him being there. a third pair of shelter minutes, but his, but his, oh no, but his partners like Klingberg or Merrill or whatever. Um, I still think it's different. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, right? It's going to be like, he's going to be in a tougher situation with a better partner. Like, what are we going to see from that? And right. like we're both saying here, I think over the course of the season, positive early on, calm the fuck down. If there's speed bumps, that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, early on, he's going to make one unbelievable play and everyone's going to go nuts. And then like next shift, he might like cough one up, like turn over right in front of Gustafson, whatever. And be like, Oh no, he's not ready. So it's going to be both. I, I, I'd like beg people to just like, not react to the, I mean, you can react in the moment, but don't make it some like proclamation of who the player is immediately. I know that's not going to happen, obviously. Like, we can never expect people to be reasonable. Um, I'm just like, <laughs> especially as a defenseman, like, I just like beg people to be like a like just a little bit more patient, but I know it's hard and people don't want to. So it is what it is. But uh, again, I, I'm loving he's the only idea got of those two, two points in the first 10 games. What a fucking loser! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, going on with the, the third pairing, though. When's this Addison deal going to get done? Or is it? Uh, yeah, so we're still waiting. Um... Speaking of losers that shouldn't be allowed to play because they're just not good at hockey and are right, uncoachable yeah, yeah, yeah. in every way. Right. Yeah, they're evil, actually. They're terrible. Um, on and off the ice. Um, yeah, still waiting. I be, And as I've said all summer, I pretty much have i'm almost never looking at twitter anymore i'm not really f like keeping up exactly what like what rumors are like i found out about the carlson thing which we'll talk about for you um like i found out like probably an hour two hours afterwards which during the season that's never the case for me because that's all i do is i mean in fairness i haven't looked at twitter hockey twitter in but, a couple uh, of weeks here right I haven't seen any kind of traction one way or the other. Oh, yeah, I think Mender's back. Half back. Can you still maybe. hear me? This is nope. All right, I think I'm back. Folks. Hoppy might not be back. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm the problem. I think you're um, the problem. I think oh. I'm the problem. Um, this is the my my life is a joke. Um, I haven't seen any traction one way or the other. Have you? I have no idea. But it, they have like I think they have 1.6 million in space now. Uh, which I mean, considering how much uh, 
I'm just going to keep riding this train. How much Dean Evanson hates him as a person and a player is, should be triple the amount of space they need to sign a loser. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Well, no, oh, wait, I, look at that. I just looked at Twitter uh, trending Addison. Oh God. Uh, that might What's be football. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and baseball, oh. actually some dude named Addison. They must all be losers. Wow. There's so many. You know what? It turns out Addison, pretty popular name, uh, first and last. So uh, precisely zero of these Addison trending tweets are about Kalen Addison, as it turns out. But, yeah, that, I that means to me there's traction. Way. To me, that means there's traction. There's something going on. Well, it's funny, too, because Russo's kind of, like, gone back and forth over the summer where he's like, Yep, they fucked up. They need to figure it out because he is the only one qualified to run the power play. But then the very next tweet or X that he sends, it's like, yep, they're basically going to go to him with a gun and be like, you're going to sign your qualifying offer and you're going to say thank you. So I I don't know what's going to happen. But it and again, like, and my opinion hasn't changed where I think if they, and I, I can't imagine that this is actually their thought process and the approach. If they really entered the off season, be like, Oh yeah, he's, a, yeah, we're going to trade him. That is like an unbelievably massive mistake to me. Like it again, as you said, we saw, yes, he has his warts obviously. Cause he's a young defenseman um, quite literally the one guy that could run that power play. And he was doing it extremely well at the beginning of the year when they were actually letting him do his thing. Um, so I I know that he's going to make the turnover. He's going to make the bad play. He's going to misread. He's going to leave guys open. Like, it's going to happen. But if they're – if it's such a mistake for a young right side D-man who can do one of the things that's extremely hard to do in the NHL and that you quite literally have nobody else who can do that thing as well as he does, it's such a big mistake to just, like – resign yourself to losing them and, and, and trading them like a young D man that runs a power play is so valuable in this league. I mean, we've seen it. There's plenty of guys that have made long careers just being able to be power play guys. Like, you know, the guy they traded for uh, last year. Um, it's, I mean, I could for him, by the way, we'll for see what happens here. Getting someone to pay him a contract. I know, dude. Uh, Toronto's we'll a see if, we'll see if right Kayla has it. There, it's a what a weird collection of hockey players they've assembled again. They do this every fucking well, year, and they're still over the cap. Like even with LTIR, <laughs> I think they're over. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be real interesting for them. Uh, yeah, dude, Kyle Dubas is totally the fucking problem. Um, before we get into that though, we got a question here from John Robinson. Uh, Z, give me two to three D prospects that you think are most likely to be in the lineup alongside or adjacent to Brock Faber in the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, a couple that I think have chances to be, you know, in that time frame. I think Lambos obviously sticks out um, just in terms of like the ceiling and the, the overall style of game there. That's a guy that he's, he's able to be a solid defensive player, but he's also capable of running a power play. I don't know if he'll be a top power play guy. Cause I think there's times where he's, excellent at it there's other times where he's just like making bad decisions still so that'll be you know something i'm sure it's gonna be worked on for a year 
too in Iowa. I don't think he's ready to play in the NHL. I don't think he's going to be like flirting with games this year. But I think in that two to three year time frame is a reasonable, um, you know, expectation for him to to be making his stake to be a full time defenseman in the NHL with Minnesota. Um, and I mean the the steps that I think like a guy like Damon Hunt took last year. I think that's another guy. Well, this is gonna be a big year for a kid like Ryan O'Rourke too. But um, I those are the guys that are probably the closest. Um, I still am a huge believer, obviously, in guys like Kyle Masters. I think he's still three, four years away. Um, and there's other guys. We'll see what spot checks year looks like this year uh, in the AHL. Um, you know, and there's other guys there. Even a guy like uh, Simon Johansson, who. Your internet is quite a debacle right now. Staunch power play because it's funny. Oh, I'm back again. Um, but Simon Johansson is another guy that like, he's going to be like looked at similarly to uh Kaelin Edison. The difference is he's like six foot tall. Exactly. So who knows? Maybe that's just going to buy him some, uh, some bonus points with, the, with their, that regime. But I would look at guys specifically that are like the front runners for a two to three year time frame. Carson Lambos, obviously probably the, the one that's uh top that list, but guys like Damon hunt and who knows with uh maybe like a Ryan O'Rourke. Um, there at the uh, also threatening. I think Damon, again, I talked about this before, like Damon Hunt really impressed me last year just with his ability to not play junior hockey. Like his ability to just like not do all of the things that made it really fun to watch him play junior hockey that will never work in the NHL. His ability to kind of like since day one with Iowa, he like eliminated so much of that from his game and just adopted a much more mature two-way um, translatable game. So I think David Hunt's certainly flirting with uh, that two to three year time frame. Nice. Then the last uh, front facing wild topic, kind of going back to people just continuously trying to be mad. Like it's almost like a pastime. There's still people now that Dumba has officially signed the deal that's been waiting for him all summer that people somehow didn't grasp that that was the case. Now that it's done, everyone's freaking out about, oh, see, they should have just gotten rid of Dumba and the other spare part defenseman, and we could have kept Fiala. <laughs> I... <laughs> Again, thank God I'm, like, barely on Twitter at this point in the summer. Um, are people really going nuts about that? That's a real... It's, we'll How... call it the, like, 10 to 15%, but yes. How does that even okay? Whatever. Um, the fact that people are gonna keep doing this is crazy to me. I'm sure it's it'll be like just forever. Wrong. <laughs> like, it's it's something. It's not even accurate. Like it's just like something. Like, tell, tell me now that Dumba's gone, how do you make Fiala work in the salary cap? <laughs> like how? It's I fucking whatever. Hang on, you know, hang on. I, nope, see, I got it. This is perfect. President Hockey Ops, that if loser. They, if they don't trade Fiala. And they just don't have Boldy anymore. They could they could basically give up Boldy, Ugrin, and Faber to have Fiala back. I see it. You've been promoted to sign me up. Yeah. yeah president Twitter, Twitter Twitter will vote me as the new GM and president. Yes, which is <laughs> I mean, which is a monumental. And you know what? It's fucking Judd Brackett's fault too. Yeah, you know what? I fucking hate that guy. Um. 
By the way, dude, have you reached out to him yet? Because we are going to have to go see his place when we're out on the Cape. No, we'll go. I'll, re- I'll uh, I haven't, but we're going to have to. We're, we'll definitely go there, though. I'm, I'm curious to see if, because uh, I mean, I'm, that Shady I, follows I you on you the Twitter that you don't ever check. So, allegedly. Um, we're going to that restaurant, though. Anyways, I'm aware. I'll ask Russo, see what he's uh, like, yo, tell Judd. <laughs> tell Judd, Funny. I told you. Yes. Um, just, just don't, that's tell a him, weird... don't tell him you're bringing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't worry. And in case you're wondering, I know you didn't ask, but Ho- that my buddy Hoppy's not coming with me. Guy's a fucking not, loser. He, he's not allowed. We're not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. He's. I know you didn't ask, and you weren't curious. But if you were curious, <laughs> he's not coming. Just remove um, all suspicion right now. <laughs> it, it's just me. Okay. Actually, um, I think I think Hoppy's wife might be going too. But that's it. I swear. Alleg- allegedly, but not Hoppy. Allegedly. Um, but I mean, I can't even weigh in on the fucking that Twitter bullet. All I could say is I will miss Matt Dumba immensely. He has been such a big part of that franchise. The difference, not just with like the hockey before he got hurt, if everyone really wants to make this about hockey, especially he was so fucking good before he had those like brutal injuries, but off the ice as a person in the locker room, like, such a big part of a team in general. Like I am going to miss that guy so much. And like people could talk about whatever the, the defensive mishaps, like whatever you get put on like a highlight reel, but as like, not the biggest dude in the world, some of those hits that he just throws, I mean, the can openers, like (coughs) Joe Pavelski. Oh, he, yeah, that one, Um, who was, and then the, was it last? Last year, too, the Sharks that he blew someone up at the red line and then had to fight for it and then somehow got the extra penalty. Um, I, I mean, he kills guys every god, like every couple of games. He's like, he's on the highlight tape for so many different reasons. Whether it's like just an absolute clap bomb, like Ripper, he scores some sickles, or it's a bad mistake where it's a turtle or a highlight real goal for the team, or he's just blowing guys up. Like he's so fun if you're not actively trying to like be mad at him on the on the ice but either way like a guy that literally poured it out every goddamn game like i'll miss like when someone else was scoring or someone was fighting he's on the bench going nuts like (laughs) just the ultimate guy and such a beauty he was replaced though in that department dude yeah dude is a fucking maniac when anything's happening like he's not saying words he's just fucking screaming noises well specifically now that since you bring Duhame up, I'm thinking of when Duhame fought uh, Logan O'Connor uh-huh. after he uh, after he hit Kulikov from behind, and both Middleton and fucking Dumba are on the like over the boards, like losing their fucking mind. That was so funny. I love that but shit though. Dumba was losing his mind, just like you know, you want like if you're on that team, you walk a locker room, but he's a you're, he's a, in the room. They're just like he just puts you in a good mood. He's just such like I don't know. He's I love that guy. I'll miss him. I'm really sad that it ended, the, especially the way it ended too. Just like, yeah. you got it. Like, oh god. Like, he I mean, actually yeah, was he, playing some of his best hockey in the last couple of years, which kind of makes it sting a little bit more. And now, yeah. hopefully, Wild fans will at least kind of realize what they did and how they fucked he, up. 
and you know he will, but he better get like the one of the biggest standing O's when he comes back in his first game back in Minnesota. Like he's just the best, dude. I love that guy. And it sucks that he's gone, but hopefully uh and like Mateo saying right here. Him, Zucker, and Cooley, like people are gonna attend Arizona games for the first time in a while in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but to Mateo's point here, are you with me that both Dumba and Zucker are literally there as a one year like stopgap until the salary cap goes up and there's more opportunities available? Yeah, and so I was just about to say big part for the young group but like Mateos like Dumba's such a good guy to have on your team yes. to give a bunch yeah. of young kids like he's like the perfect guy to have in that room and again Jason Zucker's right there with him um so look and like Bugstad's gonna be there again I think right those two are he's gonna have so much fun together <laughs> <laughs> I know they're, they're both just fucking guys <laughs> yeah they are guys they're the ultimate guys uh, but yeah, I think anyone that signed, anyone that can still play that signed a one year deal, they're just buying time. I feel like that's the case for pretty much everyone that signed for one year or whatever. Yeah, there's going to um, be more openings on rosters. There's going to be more money to go around. Like, bide your time, have fun out in the desert for one year, wear the sickest jersey in the league. And see what I was happens. surprised that Zucker's was a, I, I was surprised at Zucker's contract because he had such a fucking good year. He did. But Pittsburgh. again, He's not going to get the term yeah, that yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. right now. And, and he won't. I mean, he's not going to. He either. likes being out there. Like, he's from Vegas. Right. I know Vegas, his yeah. dream is to go play for Vegas, but there's just zero money there. So he's going to be have to be willing to go for nothing. But at least Arizona's close to home because that's where all of his family's still at. Dude, my fucking – when I'm out in Boston, we'll uh, share some stories about my brother playing beer league hockey with his brothers out in Vegas. Absolute animals. <laughs> that's awesome I love that. <laughs> oh, uh, <fuck>. but <laughs> and you know what shout out matt dumbo love him to death we'll always love him and i think this is actually such i think he's going to be very i think he's gonna have so much fun in arizona again they with the he's guys going are gonna to be a there fan too. Base that doesn't hate him I know. Which <laughs> that's already just a few good, good stuff. <laughs> uh i think he's gonna i think he's I actually think he's going to have like a solid year too. Cause I think that's a team. Life without Jimmy's going to be a rude awakening though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so sad. That's another big thing too. It's just like, man, like some, whenever people would post like the old, like Instagram photos from when they first were on the team, like 2014, 15 or whatever. Those were so funny. Like some of the old ones. Pretty good. Yeah, they're good. Oh, God damn it. Um, but yeah, sad. It's so sad to see him go. Love him to death. Will always. <laughs> such a big part of the team for such a long time. And a guy that fucking poured his heart out every time he stepped on the ice. It was a big yeah. part of the community. So shout out, Matt Dumba. Cheers to you, buddy. And uh, hey, hopefully he gets to sign a decent little ticket after this upcoming year. Because um, he deserves That's it. All. Agreed. Now, let's transition because we've bashed the people that just want to find reasons to be upset. I'm actually going to indulge them by talking about one of the few blemishes on Garen's record here at the wild waving Rem Pitlick and the Rem Pitlick blockbuster trade to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They like also got some like throw in guy named Eric Carlson. Never he heard could, of her. He could pan out to be okay, I guess, but Rem Pitlick is a Pittsburgh Penguin, and I'm so fucking happy. Oh, my God. It's going to be so I, great. 
I was planning on teeing you up for this. So, you oh. know what? Pre pretend Hoppy said nothing. Um, and I'm just going to start <laughs> it over. Uh, you should leave it at these sangria seltzers are going down. Um, I'm Hoppy, not drinking sangria seltzers with you tomorrow. Talk to me, buddy. Talk to me. The Rem Pitlick plus trade to the Pittsburgh. But the fact I was, I audibly gasped when I saw also included in the deal, Rem Pitlick from Montreal. I was Dude, like, holy I, fuck that. It's the hoppy trade. This is the it's hoppy great, trade. Because, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't have anywhere near the following of you or to that point like any of the people that are really noteworthy in hockey but whenever something happens with kaylin addison and rem pitlick i'll have like 10 people tag me in different stuff talking about it and fucking right away i see a bunch of people tagging me like holy fuck rem pitlick to the penguins are you kidding me i'm like you guys are mean this isn't a fun joke and I see that trade, dude. I, I don't even know where to fucking start with the trade. Kyle Dubas is a fucking G. Everyone that's questioned him ever, you're a fucking moron. Oh my God, I have my GM. I love him so much. This would this never would have happened if I didn't meet him in Tampa. Um, that's what right? I was going to say. I was going to say, dude. <laughs> I was just like, you. did you plant this in his ear before he even became the Pittsburgh Penguins it, general no, manager? So the, just the, like, hey, the, just so you know, there's this guy, Red Pitlick, who's a stud. He used to be on one of these teams, by the way. I wish I could have planted that. I wish. No, what I need to plant now is, yo, you got the old bull. Now you need the young calf. Because if he can pick up Rhett Pitlick, I'll piss myself. Because right now, he's jerky. not even, like, listed in the top 10 prospects for Montreal. Get that fucking boy. Which I don't even know, dude. It pisses me off that I don't fully understand the college player rule. Like, when do you become a free agent? Is it based on years in college? Is it based on years since you were drafted? Like, I, I just don't fully understand it. And I feel like he should be a free agent after this season if he waits it out. No. How old is he now? So yeah, so there's junior, there's but he was drafted in nineteen. Right. So there's certain rules for the draft which are different than the CHL. So like, what you know how uh, Minnesota CHL kids with, can sign and college well, kids, yeah. Can't. So and and there's a certain amount of time that they have to sign. So like, um, what uh, Josh Pillar that Minnesota had, they traded the, for futures to uh, St. Louis. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I had read too that like based on the timing and he hadn't signed his ELC yet, that he was going to end up like re-entering the draft, <laughs> like, what? which is always great. Yeah. Yeah. Which is always crazy to me. Um, That'd be pretty fucking cool to draft a 24 year old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what the, uh, I think I feel like it is the four years though. I don't really know. It, there's so many stupid little like rules inside the CBA that I'm always just so confused by. I'm like, I don't really have time. I will just watch them play and figure out like the rest later slash. I'll just like, go look at like Russo's Twitter feed or I'll, like, I want to know Twitter. right now because I want to know if he's going to be fucking available. Yeah. I, I Dude, if, if both Pitlicks played for Pittsburgh next year, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. I, <laughs> fuck. Oh my God. I'm just going to slip him. That, tell you what. 
sometime while we're drinking in Boston, I'm just going to retweet the post that has that highlight reel goal that's somehow like number four in college last year. Fuck right off, Butchergrass. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to tag Dubas in it and be like, yo, maybe I will have to find that clip from uh, Step Brothers 2. Had the old bull. Now I want the young calf. And she grabs me by the penis. Shut the fuck up, Dale. Make her own beef jerky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've never done any of those things. God damn it. Dale, uh, quite Oscar's going to come in with a million quotes now. Um, but yeah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. this is basically yeah. what happened here. I, I definitely wrote the whole thing down on the napkin. Um, no, but yeah, so, so funny so, thing so is. So question, though, with Pitlick, with Pitlick. Go ahead. Well, so uh, on the Dubis track, I regret not saying it because I thought it, but it also felt kind of rude because I like wished him good luck in the playoffs and stuff, right? But a year before he got traded to Pittsburgh, I saw Jason Zucker at one of his uh, charity events, which was literally just an all-day drink fest at Lord Fletcher's, which was awesome. And I actually convinced him that he had been traded to Buffalo and that was back when you did not want to be traded to Buffalo. I played it off pretty good, surprisingly for how drunk I was. Like I basically said, like it was fun. It's a charity event. Hey, thanks for this charity event, brother. He laughed at all, whatever. Um, But I told him, I'm like, you need to play for Pittsburgh. You're going to end up there. And sure as shit, the next year he was gone to Pittsburgh I bought the jersey the second the news broke. I'm, there's no chance that someone bought a jersey before I did. And I wanted so badly to tell him, like, hey, if Toronto's a bunch of idiots, we'd love to have you in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And it would have just cemented my legacy of the Pittsburgh Whisperer. But I didn't do it. I just talked to him. So, Yeah, well, you manifested it. But on, a, <sighs> on, the, on an actual hockey note, though, Pitlick to Pittsburgh is so interesting to me specifically because like somehow he's continued to out like he's like I think right now is in the couple of years that he's been in the NHL his shooting percentage is still like 20 percent so like when he was in Minnesota it was like I, 46. I told you the story of how I got the jersey right no during the game against Seattle in Seattle we're watching it and he scores his second goal and I had like 10-ish people tag me saying like if he gets the hat trick you have to buy a jersey and i'm like fuck it i'll do it and i made the post saying it and the second he got the hat trick goal bought the jersey yeah yeah oh yeah that's that's right that's right that was, that was incredible cart. and then still i don't think i'll ever beat the fact that garen signed it now i oh dude what if i got dubis to sign it saying thanks bill oh my god that you have okay to. i need it i need it I need you have it. To. You have to. Um, God damn it. All right. You can continue along your line of questioning. Hades <laughs> Joel. God damn it, Cosgrove. Um, <laughs> give it like with what Pittsburgh really needs. And I, I'm not saying out and out this is a for sure thing that's like, oh, yeah, no doubt he's going to need to do it. But a guy that can just somehow convert chances and chip in outside of guys like Crosby and Malkin and Gensel, especially now that Gensel is going to be out for a little bit here. Like I can't possibly imagine a world where like 
I mean, who knows? Maybe this is just Rem Pitlick's career where he's just shooting 20, 25, 30, 35% every year somehow. <laughs> but like a guy who gets you like real. Okay. So, I mean like a middle of the lineup guy who gets middle of the lineup total time on ice every game that somehow just converts chances when he gets them like one every five times. Isn't that kind of like, and this is, okay, let's not bear, like, this is the Carlson trade. We all know that we're not making, we're, we are making this all about Red Pitlick because it's funny, but that's kind of like one of the areas that Pittsburgh desperately needs. So I kind of wonder if he just like finds himself in the perfect situation, whatever, <laughs> wherever he ends up in that lineup and kind of just becomes a huge piece for them. Like the year that they had, the first year of Danton Heinen, really, when oh, he just he came in and he was unbelievable. I think he scored the first goal of the year. Can this, so that, can this be that, our Danton Heinen, Z? Like, can we cheer for him together? Yeah, of course. What do you mean? Beautiful. Obviously. I'm glad he's not uh, fucking Montreal anymore. I, um, I know. I just, like, like, with Heinen, it was easy because he was a Boston guy. That's my guy. I didn't know, I didn't um, know if Pitlick was enough, but good to know. Oh, yeah. Um, so here I'll, I kind this, of this like is, if uh, he could just do his thing really and just like get like 10 to 12 minutes a game and like still shoot 20 percent like that's kind of like the perfect fit for Pittsburgh too right that middle six but now I will let you go off on uh well let you you didn't really want to this is still the pitlick trade uh talk to me Eric Carlson and Latang on the same team dude I mean they might account for 40% of the score. Yeah, why, can't, why can't this be 2016 though? When like literally Eric Carlson almost single-handedly beat the Pittsburgh Penguins to go to the Stanley cup final. Like this is all going full circle. The stars are aligning, but let, let's just go to uh the post. I made when it happened, I power ranked the trade pieces. I'll uh, work from the bottom up. It's one to 10. Number 10. Moving the 2024 first. Not ideal, but guess what? Don't fucking care, and it's top 10 protected. Number nine, moving the 2025 second. Number eight, moving Legare, who really didn't look like he was ever going to pop or have a chance in Pittsburgh, which is a bummer because people had pretty high hopes for him. Number seven, moving the salary cap and age of Jan Ruda. Number six, moving the, well, just the player himself to Smith, which dude, I don't know if you listened to Chicklets, but apparently like the day before that happened, uh, Colby Armstrong was golfing with the Smith and his dad. And his dad is like a big hardo for the Habs. And because like Colby had a cup of coffee there, he like begged him to sign his like golf bag. That's a Canadians like styled one. And the next day he got traded and Colby like texts to Smith. He's like, Hey man, really sorry to see you go, but uh, you better go out to the garage and sign your dad's bag. <laughs> uh, so I, I listened to it today. It's great. Um, number five, not trading POJ, which I thought was for sure going to happen. I thought either him or Ty Smith were going in that trade. One of them was necessary. The fact that neither of them moved is insane to me. Number four, they moved Petrie's contract at his age with his no trade clause. Nuts. 
Number three, we'll come back to, because that's the subject matter of the question you just asked. Number two, adding Rem Pitlick. And number one, getting rid of that godforsaken Mikhail Granlin contract. How did he do all of these things and still pick up the Norris winning defenseman? He is a god. If Ron Hextall didn't fuck things up so bad the last two years, imagine what that trade could have looked like and what the team could look like now. It, it blows my fucking mind. It is the stupidest thing ever, but Kyle Dubas just pulled off what I think is the most lopsided Pittsburgh Penguins trade that I've ever experienced, and there have been some lopsided fucking trades. You got the Phil Kessel trade. You've got pretty much any trade Ray Shero ever made. And, oh, my God, it's just, yeah, tough look for uh, Toronto letting go of uh, Kyle Dubas, who is just absolutely dominating life. So, uh, Carlson, was there a question or just how excited I am that him and Latang are playing together? That was my question. It's Um, fucking incredible, man. And it's even cooler that, like, you kind of expected this to happen anyways, right? Like, because Latang is, like, good guy he's about the team but like the fact that a couple weeks ago he came out and said like i have no problem not being on the first power play if we pick up a guy like carlson great check that box but now you've got a top four that is like it's perfect you've got the signing that dubas pulled off already we got a a great sturdy guy to probably play alongside Latang in Ryan Graves, but don't care. He can be with him or Carlson. And then Pedersen, who really had an incredible year last year. He looked great. Him and Petrie at one point were like a top five pairing in the league playing That's as the, the number pair. one pair. That's like, the pair. It's, it's, it's gotta be Pedersen and Carlson. Uh, that's where that's where I think it starts, but I think that they're going to be pretty quick and loose with like, hey, we don't care. Like whatever ends up fitting and gelling better, Pedersen with Latang, Graves with Carlson, if that's what it needs to be, cool. Especially because Pedersen and Latang have played together and there's more familiarity, but whatever works there, don't care. I think it's going to start Graves, Latang, Pedersen, Carlson. I'm not sure what that third pairing is going to look like yet. It's going to be one of POJ and Smith paired with god i don't know because you, you're not going to play the two of them together that would be just a disaster that's like having a third yeah. pairing of two kaylin addisons like no even i don't want that right <laughs> so um right. i'm not sure what the third pairing will be but tell you what with the big swing they just made least of my concerns um yeah I, really for me and like i'm not sitting here saying the penguins are going to win the cup but basically, if all of their important players play at least like low to mid 70s games and Tristan Jerry stays healthy, this is a team no one wants to play. Oh, I'm back. You're back now. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, You're really struggling. And it's just that it, – dude, it's so bad. It's a, My life's a joke. But um, – yeah. It's an interesting group too. Like up front, you got guys like like that Riley Smith contract. I think is gonna be very interesting. Like you said, the and this is what I really wanted to mention. Yes, you bring in Carlson, but uh, like all like as you said, the number one part of the trade, like the fact that the 
in the same trade package, you're bringing in Eric Carlson and getting rid of the Granlin contract is unbelievable. Granlin, so, Dietrich, so, and Ruda. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, it so like so. This is one of the things that Dubis class. has always been able to do. Dubis is second to get rid of bad contracts and bring in Carlson and Rem Pitlick. What the fuck? Right, right, and like. This is this is one of the things that Dubis has always been able to do, is like given, you know, you can say what you want about signing the contracts that he signed with the big four out in uh, Toronto or whatever, but um, being able to bring players in and and like moving money and making it work, he's always how many of the that. contracts? Sometimes did he the even trades sign? just don't work out, huh? How many of those contracts all did he even do? Uh, all four of them. He didn't do Tavares. The big ones, yeah, that was all. That was all him. Oh, he, and yeah, so he came in immediately, signed Tavares, did Nylander, Matthews, and Marner. <laughs> so like, oh, the Nylander so deal like, is great. Yeah. Who knows? The best contract of all, maybe not. Well, Matthews couldn't earn all the money he wants to the world, dude. The, the best. If we're gonna uh, go after the Twitter idiots, like everyone that's like, which core four is better? Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, or Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Carlson. It's like, first off, like, why is that even a conversation that's being started? The second weirdest off, possible. Yeah. The weirdest possible. Off, there's like, there's comparison. a $10 million difference between the the foursomes, and two of them <laughs> are up for contact after this year. You're going to lose one, at least, I would imagine. Like, what a stupid fucking bonehead argument to bring up. And there's a lot of Toronto fans that are like, you're an absolute moron if you'd pick those old geezers in Pittsburgh, like whatever. And then you got fucking jerk offs like Mike Grinnell, who says that Chris Letang is Walmart Eric Carlson. Like what yeah, a fucking weird. moron. That was a very weird. I <laughs> I read it first and I heard it. I was like, oh, that's. <laughs> Fucking weird. I, I, I thought that. the tone and the context would make this sound better, but now it sounds dumber. But that's such a weird comparison, though. Like, just do whatever. I mean, people, get, right. people can do whatever the fuck they want. But right. the addition, like, I'm not sitting here, like, defending Latang, and I really don't care. Right. It's just like, how can someone actually think that? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Pittsburgh's just, they brought it in, like it's, it's an, it's a very interesting group. And I mean, like you have Sidney Crosby ended up getting all like, um, so, so here, here's, I am not happy about this. Let's be clear. It is bad, but silver lining to the Jake Gensel injury, missing the first five to 10 games could my son Rem Remington Pitlick the third sneak his way into the top six for a five to ten game stretch and see what happens. Who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, he'll have. I mean, Riley Smith, Brian Russ, Raquel. Is he the other one that slides on the wing there? Uh, again, dude, I'm gonna need like so many changes of shorts. What a great time I for they brought in. Uh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> they brought in Andreas Janssen and Noel Chari too. 
So I think that the idea, if if they can pick up, because I'm not knocking Lars Eller, but he's older. He's not fleet of foot. I like him a ton on the fourth line. Third line is suspect, but if you can pick up a younger, more mobile two-way 3C somehow, play him between Pitlick and Janssen for that third line, sign me the fuck up. So trade Eller one for one for Teddy Bluger? <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> I literally when they made this signing, I was like, "Man, you have blue." Dubis comes Dubis in, and he's like, like uh, "Just so you guys know, like third bullet point on my list is find a way to undo that dipshit Hextall trading away, <laughs> fucking Teddy Bluger. Good for him that he got a cup out of it. Like I'm happy for him, but what the fuck, dude? I, I still can't believe that, that was trade. the one that." that that was the second most egregious thing behind that fucking Grandland trade. Mm-hmm. I was so mm-hmm. upset. Yeah. But you must, I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you after like the, the fucking Hextall Burke era. <laughs> and I, and I, well, I, you'll never hear me say a bad word about Brian Burke. Cause I fucking love that guy. Like, <laughs> I think he's wildly entertaining personality. I read his book. I think he's just like a good dude. And I like, I love him. So I'll never say I'll just blame it all on Hextall, which I have no problem doing because I yeah. mean that's easy. That's easy. Um, but uh, I'm happy for you. But by the way, uh, on the Noel Chari thing, one of my favorite players. But the funniest part about Noel Chari is his uh, like build. He's five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, which is just nice. <laughs> But when you look at him, like, oh, he's 6'2". Uh, no, I, I like Achari as a player, for sure. <laughs> no, he'll be – he's a real he's, good – Well, he, he – Solid I mean, bottom he's a, six somewhere in their guy. When he went to Florida and he got top six minutes, he fucking scored 20-something. Like, he was, like, fucking unreal. So, he's, like – he is a solid defensive player that has enough – like, he can play, so. Um, yeah. And he's just, like – he's so funny. Like, a wildly entertaining – um so good for him and you know again good for you buddy i'm happy for you um, again, we made it a whole I'm not hour i'm gonna sit here and pretend that like i'm this like tortured penguins fan like there have been dark times yeah. there have been years where there were expectations and the team absolutely flamed out but like by and large i got nothing to fucking complain about hextall was a donkey and somehow made moves that I don't know how anyone that's hired as an NHL GM besides like Peter Chiarelli could make those moves, but whatever, like we're in a good place. Now there's at least a window of two or three years here where they're going to be pushing the chips to the middle. That's all I ask for. I just want them to try and contend for the last couple of years of Crosby, Malkin, Latang. That's, that's really all I've ever cared about. Yeah. And when I say I'm happy for you, given the, I think it's more about like the, uh, the it's mostly Ren Pitlick, and I appreciate it. Yeah, yes, that is a major part of it. But the avoidable <laughs> boneheaded decisions that have been made that legitimately fucked up, like fucked up no out sense. of a couple of Crosby Malkin years, that's more so where I'm coming from. But I'm just happy for you. I'm just happy specifically for Pitlick, though. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And as soon as you guys trade for Shifley, I'll be happy for you. <laughs> yeah, we're fucked. Uh, not really though. <laughs> Defense is still solid, so that's good. 
All right, uh, we can rip through this. Uh, we can even leave off the last topic and save it for uh, next week. But we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't talk a little bit about prospects being the cornerstone of the show. Break it down for everyone. Um, admittedly, I did not tune in at all, so I'm going to have nothing to contribute besides questions on your comments, but Kalinka Gretzky, like what did people either see or miss when they were watching this? Yeah. So on these, so the two tournaments that went on and one's not really a tournament to the show, but the world junior summer showcase and the Holinka every year, they have the same time. Uh, the, the world junior summer showcase is always interesting because like, for those four teams, like uh, those four teams, like it's a a lot of decisions get made for the World Junior tournament. So like a lot of the decisions that are made for the roster are already made. Um, and the other, I didn't, I never. Well, that's not true. This was the year I didn't really tune into a ton of the games as at least as many as I usually do. But I wanted to tune into a couple of USA games specifically because Charlie Stramel was on the team. And USA is always interesting. They have two teams there, USA White, USA Blue. They flip-flop the teams and try to, like, figure out by the end of the games which is, like, their core players they want to bring. Uh, so for the World Juniors, uh, that forward group is fucking loaded. Going to be interesting to see what happens with Logan Cooley. There's a chance he becomes a huge part of Arizona and he's not there, and that changes things for sure because that's going to be their out-and-out out number one center. But some of the guys that have been drafted over the last few years that just haven't had a chance because of some of the, the stud young forwards that are in the NHL now. Uh, guys like Frank Nazer didn't get to go last year. Um, he was a fucking animal at this showcase. Uh, but there's a bunch of guys up front of the U.S. that are going to be – it's making them a powerhouse. Big question the back end. Very different story. But a guy like Charlie Stramel – Specifically, I wanted to bring him up. He was great, and he's already played in two World Juniors already. He's essentially a shoe-in to go and get selected to that team again because he's going to be a bottom six stud for them. He's going to be, in terms of the forwards, he's going to kill all of the penalty. He'll be their like, leading uh, shorthanded time on ice guy for sure. And he's that unique blend where he's – a fucking massive human being. He's mean as hell, um, but he also skates well. He's got good skill. He can shoot. So he's not just a like a defensive guy um, that you're throwing the PK and they like, all right, get off the ice. Eight minutes a game. He's gonna play a big role in a bottom six. Um, he's gonna play a big role in a bottom six role, but will be a big part of that team. He's a shoe in, and he played great. He was really good uh, at the summer showcase. The few games I actually turned into, so I could see. Um, but the one that I did pay attention to and watch a lot of the games was the Holinka, which is one of my favorites because that really kicks off the draft season every year. So, like, for 2024, this is the tournament that really starts off. Like, this is where guys get their names out there, and then people really start tracking. Obviously, anyone that covers prospects, they've been seeing these kids for a couple of years. But this is the first big international tournament that really kicks things off. It's a very interesting tournament because the USA does not send their top guys. Um at all like they don't send the national team development program guys so it's always like at least their top ones uh they usually go to, like the summer showcase or they just don't go whatever but um so it's always like they have a hard time competing uh it's always canada's tournament because that's their fucking a team and holy shit every year they are fucking unbelievable um like 
as a reference point last year, I think they gave up three goals total and just like kicked the shit out of everybody um, and won the gold. They won the gold again this year, but a very, very, very different tournament where almost every single game up until the, like the final, like the championship game was a complete blowout. Like, so I'd say last year, Canada, they went, they did not lose. They didn't, they, I think they were losing for, or no, I'm sorry. They were never losing. They were tied for 14 seconds. I think last year, maybe like a minute, uh, something like that. It was really very funny, but uh, their first game at the Holinka this year, they got murdered nine, four by Finland. Um, and it was like, every game was like that. So it was always, it was just a very weird tournament until the final game, which was unbelievable. Um, overtime Canada takes down Czech Republic or sorry, Czechia. Um, but the reason again, I love it is just like obviously it's always nice to you focus on a draft like cool, like that year, like 2023, we've been locked into for two years, and it's really exciting to like just move on and like get a fresh slate of players. There are some big time standouts, um, from some unexpected places like. Czechia for 2024, Adam Tiedelbeck, their number one center there, was a stud the whole tournament. Uh, Emil Hemming from Finland was unbelievable. He played really well. Uh, a couple guys from USA played solid, but the big one that stood out like every time I watched for Czechia was a 2025 prospect, Adam Benak, who I think he was like accounting for like 60% of their points and was a complete stud uh, at both primary assists against Canada. Um, and then Mike. Michael Misa, another 2025 kid for Canada, was really good. The points didn't weren't really there because he's like a 16 year old, and that lineup was fucking loaded. Um, but it was it, the thing that was most noteworthy is how different of a tournament it was last year. Where last year, like every game essentially was close. Uh, again, Canada I think gave up three goals total this year. Again, nine goals in their first game, and eventually they figured it out. But the guys that you expected to really take this tournament and just kind of like dominate did so that in, for Canada, like Berkeley Catton was unbelievable. The guy that competing for a top five pick this year, Zane Perek is so much fun. That's defenseman. He plays out with Hunter hate and Saginaw, right shot D man. Uh, I think he scored 21 goals this past year as a defenseman. Uh, he was unbelievable, but the big one that really stood out in the back end for Canada was we talked about him last time we did this was Henry Muse. Holy shit, he was a stud. I didn't like right now. Dickinson, you know, you Sam Dickinson, another defensive for Canada. A lot of people would, would have him as the shoe in guy to go, uh, first Canadian defenseman, anyways. Uh, but Henry Hughes was unbelievable for the Canadians, like both sides of the puck. Uh, he probably realistically saved them in the gold medal game where he was defending a two on one against. <laughs> The two guys for Czechia that were solid the whole tournament, Benak and Tielbeck, and uh, he just played it perfectly, didn't even let a shot off, and then led transition the other way. But um, but just a really entertaining gold medal game. Henry Muse, again, phenomenal. But the winning goal in overtime for Canada, Malcolm Spence, another defenseman, 2024 prospect. The point, he, first of all, he stripped, I think it was, Oh no, it's a different uh, kid that's going to go high in this draft. But uh, for Czechia, strips with the uh, at the red line, goes in and just waits out the Czech goaltender and goes shelf. 
it was an unbelievable goal for a gold medal in overtime. Uh, well, I guess not gold medal, but international <laughs> tournaments. I, I always just say gold medal when it's an international tournament just because it's We should fun, start but... saying that now when someone wins the Stanley Cup, like gold medal. <laughs> gold medal. Gold gold medal. Yeah. Yeah, they should give out the gold medals too. Um, but I was just happy that like the final wasn't a complete blowout. And really because every team either was blowing other teams out or getting blown out themselves. Like the second they hit the, uh, like the elimination games, it was like, who the fuck knows who's going to win, which is always fun because again, last year, Canada, I mean, it wasn't even close. They just destroyed everybody. Um, so it was nice that they actually like didn't do that again. Um, but I'm telling you like, Czechia, that country is just continuing to produce some absolute studs, and I don't see it slowing down. Um, but just a really fun tournament overall, even though the beginning was brutal because every every game was a blowout. It was insane. Yeah. It was unbelievable, but it got better as it went on, which is always a relief. Um, and I mean, USA and Canada, the first like period and a half, it was close, and then Canada just blew the doors off a 2025 kid for canada uh well oh my god what's his first name his last name is martone and he's a stud he's real fun but he scored the oh, goal of the tournament. Went end to end. yeah he went end to end it was it was unreal um but again the big takeaway though was significantly different than last year uh there were a lot a couple of 2025 guys that played really well um and uh really oh, it sucked because it was in slovakia or i'm sorry uh no yeah it was in slovakia so there was a big like last year the gold medal game there was nobody there but that building was rocking hoping for czechia to win obviously being right there um and they scored late tied up i just couldn't get it done in overtime um mm -hmm. but i mean a couple of guys that really stood out but like the 2025 guys were unbelievably impressive which is always always interesting but Fun again. So the 2024 draft year now kicked off with that tournament, and now it's uh, now it gets fun where you know guys put themselves on the map, um, and a couple did. Really weird. Again, I said this last time too. Like Sweden, this draft class, it's so weird. Like there were a couple guys that played real well. Like uh, one of the guys that we uh, mentioned was an early all name team candidate slash front runner, uh, Leo Shalin Willanius. He really solidified himself as probably a second round pick um flirting with the first round pick he was playing really well for sweden other than that it was the kid i mentioned earlier alexander zetterberg he was really good for them probably their best player on tournament and their captain linus erickson another solid player for them but didn't really do i mean they did nothing compared to usually they're challenging so weird draft class a bunch of guys that you would peg for late second to middle of the round but like solid players but just no one that's gonna really no, no one that you anticipate to make the huge pop so just, no Eric Carlson every year, so to speak. There's no, yeah, no Eric Carlson's. Sad, hate to see it, but always fun. I love that tournament every year. Fun, and I I gotta defend you a little bit here. I know you're beating yourself up for a second saying Czech Republic instead of Czechia. One of our friends who runs a different Minnesota Wild podcast. Uh, for you, Z, we'll just say it's the one that had concerning wall paint color in their background uh when they were talking about that location they said Pardon. czechoslovakia which is vastly more offensive it hasn't been that in a long time <laughs> a long time for a good reason <laughs> well 
the one thing I can't remember. <laughs> I, actually, I think it was uh, I think it was on Chicklets. Like Char, I think it was when Char was on Chicklets. They're like, hey, by the way, what is? Why are they? Like, wh- when did Czechia become? Like, wh- why is it that? He goes, I'll be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, okay. He goes, I don't know. I I don't really know the reason, <laughs> but apparently it is. Now, d- not in disrespect, but just for the intrigue of the topic, let's say that it was one nation still, Czech and Slovaks. Where do they rank as far as a nation for hockey talent at that point? Because both groups are kind of but a squirrely bunch that keep on being rock. right on the fringe. Both are skyrocket. I mean, both of the like they're taking masses out. Czechia, Czechia, right? But if you put them been... together, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I'm uh, saying if yeah, it's one I mean, nation, already, like it well, they're already was. competing. They're already competing. Look at the world, right. the real, the real I'm world. I'm saying, are, are, are they pushing for top three, or is that too much? Well, it's in, well, and here's the thing. It, it, it's this is why the fucking like geopolitical thing is so fucking annoying because who knows with Russia anymore? <laughs> we have no idea. Okay, uh, Russia's out of it for the next couple of years, I think. With current teams, if it was one nation of Slovakia plus Czechia, are they a top three nation or not? Basically, we're looking yeah, at I US, I mean, Canada, Finland, Sweden. Are they beating two of those? Yeah, I mean, they're, they have been, and they have been like, like this past World Juniors, check mm-hmm. uh, the check, like they go and uh, overtime against Canada in the semis, Slovakia overtime against Canada, like with mm-hmm. decent chances to win it too. Holinka, Czechia, right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Two years ago, I think Russia beat Czechia in the final to Holinka. Like, so they're now, right there. It- they're already challenging. It's not even let's, a question let's mark. Be ridiculous. Let's be ridiculous now. What if instead of Sweden and Finland, we just had Scandinavia? Is that the number one team in the world or no? That's very interesting. Because actually, there's kids from... Uh, plus, you got, plus you got Norway, whatever, but... No, the, well, that's what I'm saying. Norway's produced like there are a couple kids coming from Norway and Denmark that are solid. I mean, my guy. Is Denmark Scandinavia? I thought it was considered part of it. It might not be. I might be making that up. I believe. I'll allow it. <laughs> I didn't know if you pick up on that one. <laughs> I, I just, the hand, the hand motion really got. I, I need, I need a sombrero. Sorry. <laughs> This guy, I'll, I'll I'll sit here and wait for Cosgrove to chime in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Let me. I feel like it is. Is I'm gonna Google it. This is a really good. Don't put stuff. Denmark in. Just say which countries make up Scandinavia. And of course, Isha's in the chat saying that Canada would still yeah, win. Canada, Canada B team. Denmark. Might. Denmark, Norway, Sweden, sometimes also, I don't know what, I've never heard of that. Faroe Islands, well, Finland. You you definitely like started sketching out on me. No, I've never heard of, I don't know how to, Aland. Aland? Aland, Aland, 
Ailand is an autonomous and demilitarized region of Finland. So why are we? So it's Finland. Yeah, it's Finland. Apparently, I heard the, the Fur um, Islands are sick though. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Hockey. Allegedly. For um, this is actually a worthy question for us to kind of wrap up on then, since we're talking and we already got into hey, like we don't know if Russia counts. How good would their team be? I mean, they've got two of the best prospects in junior hockey right now already in Demidov and Mitchkov. I know people who have come right out and say in terms of like well, no, no, no. I'm saying like comparisons between Demidov and Mitchkov. And I get it because he gives you more in terms of like elaborate. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to exactly say it. Like his, uh, like his profile offensively, like he's a elite, elite playmaker, elite shooter. Like, ev- like he's giving you everything. But Mitchkov is. I still feel like I'm not ready to say it yet. But mm. Demidov also can give you some like decent defensive prowess too, which is always interesting. Like he's way better defensively than he should be. Just I don't know. I how mean, the real question is, will Demidov sign a three-year contract? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah. That that, yeah, that certainly question. makes a difference. Uh, Who the fuck so if we're it? doing the Russian nesting dollsy, which one is Mitchkov and which one's Demidov? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, that's way Do you think that mind. both become better than Kirill Kaprizov? Obviously, he's well past his prime. Billy Garrett fucked them up. They couldn't add good players because of the salary cap. So Mitchkov... I'd rather have Fiala. Kaprizov. Yeah, and I'd rather have, I don't know, what's another good player they traded? Uh, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know. Bill Bill Garrett sucks. That's the <laughs> that's my answer. Final answer. Fuck I got to say, I love, I love how a couple of people were, like, posting on Twitter and saying, like, in the wake of the Dumba trade news, it's like, God fucking damn it. Oh, yeah. What it's like, oh, that I don't need to read this, I don't need to read the rest of this. Yep, moving um, on. <laughs> all right, well, that's not what happened at all. You can't even characterize, uh, characterize it correctly. I'm sure some were typos or just like getting it out yeah. quick, and they're like, I'm sure, Fuck. I'm sure. Yeah, I always hate when I fucking accidentally type trade instead of uh, free agent signing. Uh, <laughs> I really hate when I fucking do that. You know the what? Keys I hate are right when people there. don't know the difference between resign and resign. That's the only thing. Like, I'm not Mr. Grammar Police, but I will correct everyone on that. I like how mad people get, like, how vocally angry people are. Like, you, it's, you put the dash in. You put the fucking dash. It's two different things. They're literally opposite meanings. I know. That's why. It'd be one thing if, like, it was, like, a different word. Yeah. Or, like, the whole, like, there versus there versus there. Right. That actually gets me. No, that gets me really. Well, it bothers me too, but I don't comment on it. But when yeah, it's yeah. resign versus resign, people need to fucking learn because <laughs> they're spreading misinformation. <laughs> did he sign with the team again or did he quit the team? Those are very different. They're conflicting. Or, or did he quit the sport? <laughs> <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? The Wild did not re-sign Phil Gustafson. They resigned him, and he is now playing tennis over in Europe. Yes, actually pickleball. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I think Christ. we should probably Here cut it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's going off now. Fuck him. 
Yeah, I'm not putting that one up. <laughs> well played, Cosmo. Not putting that one up. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> oh, we we can't have them seizing our what? YouTube channel for uh for that. <laughs> nah. But you got us to um, laugh, so. Yeah. Well, anyways, hour twenty-two in. I feel like that's probably a good good place to cut it off unless anyone uh has any further questions. Um, oh, just gotta say my last Seventh Avenue pizza for like two weeks. Wow. It's, it's a tough one, but lobster rolls and chowder, I hear are good. So God, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> the next time by this time next week, um people will be listening to us after we finally hung out. In real life, so nope, maybe they'll be listening to you actually... and Isha after we've hung out in real life. So we're not gonna be here next week. <laughs> 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 um, who knows? Maybe this week it'll be the end of the podcast. Who knows? Maybe it'll be you know. I mean, do we need just... to like air grievances here, Z? Like, what what is it specifically about Isha that bothers you so much that you don't want to record with him? I just wish he liked. I wish he wasn't such an advocate for the QMJHL getting rid of fighting. I wish he was. That's he should true. have been really. And dude, he just like, loves it. He won't stop talking about it either. You know, WWE as well. Like he's way too strung up on it. Like yeah. he thinks it's a real sport. I think it's made up theatrics. I don't know. Mm. You just really hate it. You hate to see that kind of stuff. It's it's hard for me to you know gel when he's just going off about how terrible fighting is in hockey and life and then how amazing the, or sorry. Um, yeah, I know how amazing the WWE well, is. Dude, he's way too into the province of Ontario. That's mm-hmm. kind of Was a turn that? off. Like, and like, dude, I get it. Yeah. You, you like cottages, but like yeah. calm the fuck down. Yeah, I get it. Leafs forever. Go Leafs, go whatever, dude. <laughs> Well, Fun no, enough. Leafs, Blue Jays, Raptors, like they're all Canada's teams. So, yeah, when they're good, um, we should wrap it up. We're, we're, okay. Well, we're shout well, out Toppling well. Goliath, one of my favorite beers from them. And I just had it for the first time actually from their tap, transported by a jug. And it's delicious, even better than in a can. But the can is still incredible. It's got a T Rex on it. Like, what's not to like? Yeah. Can't hate that. Oh, wait, no, you're in order. Mm, yes. So this is why I hate the QMJHL. Can we get back to prospects? That no, doesn't sound like you. You'd more no, be I... like, you'd more be like, uh, Paul Rudd said something recently. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Uh, anyways, like we, we, we got to call it now. We got to call this. Uh, thanks for yep. tuning in. I might see you next week. Hoppy definitely won't. Uh, hopefully won't. my internet works. If not, then I'll see you in two weeks where Hoppy, I think, will... I will be I back then. Be yeah, okay. we'll have to dive back a little bit deeper into the uh, 2024 draft pool. Mm-hmm. Just because I know we hit the top 10 plus three that were in the teens, but we'll throw it out and, to the, the followers and pre-season. see if there's any players they want us to cover. Yeah, and preseason in Europe is kicking off. So I watched a bunch of the uh, J20 games today for the preseason. So a bunch of 2024 guys in there. And um, I'm sure we'll sprinkle in 2025 as well, just because there's so many. Oh, my God. 
because there's so many that should be playing so well. And uh, we'll see you then. Please fucking end it. <laughs>